You are listening to the Some Good Content Podcast, a swipe file of proven content plays shared by some of the most successful content marketers out there doing the work. I'm John Benini, and I'm your host. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the SGC Pod. Today, we're hanging out with Patrick Campbell, founder and CEO at ProfitWell. So, Patrick, I was actually on a a podcast recently, Patrick, where Uh someone asked me, who's like, they put me on the spot. And they were like, what's your favorite like content brand? I was like, oh, shit. Like, I was like on the spot. And I was the first thing that came to my mind, though, and I was happy with my answer was ProfitWell. Just because of the amount of content that you all put out, the shows, the the uh, the analysis. Um, I know there were the uh, the emails. I just I just felt like and and like you bootstrapped. Just, just such a high level of respect for the type of content, the quality and the frequency, Thanks, and just like the overall how you prioritize it. Like that, it's you know you put that much thought and priority into content. So I'm um, I'm a big fan, obviously, of Profit Wells content. Man. So uh, love to I love to uh, love the fact that we finally have you on the SGC pod to riff. So welcome. Yeah, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm in the secret club. I feel like I, I broke in, <laughs> broke into the, the club here. You did. You did. You broke in. Yeah. Um, like so yeah, Patrick's going to be walking us through a couple plays, uh, three plays to be exact that have paid off over the last six to 12 months at profit. Well, but usually where we start is tell us about, because you guys have a lot of different content properties. Um, yep. you leverage visi- uh, video, you obviously leverage, uh, um, uh, written content, um podcasts so like tell me about like what some of the most or what the most effective content channel or medium is for profit well yeah and what are you what are you defining as medium like video that kind yeah, of thing? medium the, the, or? is it the blog is it the video shows is it the podcast yeah um so we're in a unique position just to maybe not i'm not i'm gonna assume not everyone knows who the heck we are um i won't go into like our product unless it's interesting but um from a content perspective we run basically a media playbook and um what that means is we do shows but for our audience our audience are subscription and SaaS companies um we sell products for pricing and retention so we do a lot of like content around around those topics um from a medium perspective what's interesting is that the reason I'm giving that preface is because it's actually like the combination of them that's been really, really effective. And I give that preface because I know not everyone's going to have like seven shows with a bunch <laughs> of different things. So like, um, you know, take this, take this for what it's worth. But um, what we found really early on is that giving people like not making the decision for how they want to consume the content was the right play. And so what that meant was is that some of our shows are written and audio. Some of them are written audio and video. Some are just, um, video plus like audio. Like, so there's, there's a couple of combinations there. And to give you an example, I, my personal kind of newsletter show is is something called protect the hustle where, you know, each week there's an interview. Um, and that's, you know, just a video slash audio. And then there's a written, a fully written up piece that I do. That's just, um, basically a newsletter plus audio. Um, and you can consume the whole thing in the email if you want, you don't have to leave anywhere. Or if you're an audio focused person, you can just listen to it. And some people kind of do both, but that was kind of the unlock because, um, we were writing so much before we started doing all of this. And the minute we added video, all of a sudden our brand increased 
nothing changed. We literally just added video to what we were writing and it was like night and day all of a sudden people, because not everyone wants to read. <laughs> and so same thing, not everyone wants to like listen to a podcast or watch a video. So the multimedia aspect is kind of like a cop out on your answer, but I would say the multimedia aspect was huge for us. And when you say increased brand, like what does that mean exactly? I would go, so I do a lot of, I did a lot of speaking. I still do, but obviously we're not traveling. Um, and, um, I would go to a conference and I would be like, Oh, like who here has like heard of profitable, right? Or who here has read some of our content? Cause we, cause I always like to kind of start off with a little context there, you know, a few people raise their hands. There was a window where like I did that in front of a conference and then we started doing video for like six to eight weeks. And then I went to, you know, a slew of conferences that fall and all of a sudden like 50% of the hands like shot up <laughs> and it was mainly because we made it a lot more shareable too, where we would share our blog posts and stuff on LinkedIn, but then we started sharing the video as well. And that's the stuff that would get shared as well. So it just was one of those things where, you know, like all things in content, it gets right. really difficult to measure. Uh, so that was like, you know, not the greatest measurement. But I love that. Also... I, I love that. Who here has heard of ProfitWell? Like it's like, it's yeah. a, I love the manual aspect of that. And like, sometimes that's the best way to measure whether something is, uh, is actually yeah. resonating or not. Right. Totally, totally. Well, it also helps you like, you know, from a speaking, it helps you like house the conversation, right? And right. so, you know, that, and, and that's actually, I, I hate referencing Gary Vee because there's so many bad and good things about referencing Gary Vee, but I actually picked that up from Gary Vee because what he would do is he would, you know, he would get on, on a stage and, and I think you got to study, even if you hate like the content, you got to study. Like I studied Gary Vee so much, like every video was up and then I'll study like, you know, Ben Shapiro. I'm just going to name all these controversial people. So people hate me. And then I would study Grant Cardone. And I would obviously also study like all the people that aren't less controversial. But the one thing I learned from Gary Vee was that, um, he would get in front of a conference and he would just do Q and A. And I was like, how do you get to that level? Because Q and A is beautiful because it allows you to pinpoint the answers and also like read the room because that question that someone has in that room, it's probably a similar question. And, and, and so I was like, okay, how do you do that? Well, you need better brand. And if you get better brand, um, how do you do that? Well, you know, obviously you, you kind of do the grind. Right. And so that's kind of where that, that thought came from was like asking, because as soon as I get to, and, and I've done this where I'll have a deck ready to go. And then all of a sudden, like, the whole room has heard of us, right? Or I'll ask like, hey, have you have you ever like been to a pricing webinar that we've done or you've like heard me talk about pricing? And if the whole room raises the hand, I don't want to then give this talk on pricing that's like almost the same thing because right. some of these concepts don't change. And so, um, yeah, anyways, that was a little tangent trying to justify. Well, why I like I, the interactive like, element there. Gary Vee. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want to buy into Gary Vee too much. I mean, Gary Vee, he's, he's fun. Uh, but you know, don't uh, Patrick's staying in a hotel right now, so just don't you, you're not going to put the furniture on Craigslist or anything like that, are you? Like f from the hotel? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> again, you just got to study. Like, and this is the thing with content. I know DG talks a lot about this. Like, you just got to study people who are successful, and it, it's okay that not to like them. I think there's so much about Gary Vee, Shapiro, Grant Cardone, definitely that I just don't like. Like, but it's one of those things where they, they they're they're getting some sort of brands so you got to study. And, th and there's a lot of like positive. I love studying like, you know, obviously what HubSpot does and these types of things. And, and that's a little bit more generic, but you know, non-controversial, but it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those things to study. It's good to read into it and say like, why, like, why does this resonate? Um, and almost out of frustration. Right. Like when I like, you know, when I watch something and I'm like, why is this so popular? Like, what is going on? I have like a need to deconstruct it. Yeah. Um, especially when like I hate it. And then Jay Acunzo, who I know, you know, um, Jay is like a very pure content creator. Like he's just very like, 
I shouldn't, you know, it should be great. He's like field of dreams. Like if it's great, they'll come. Right. Yeah. He's not necessarily yeah. on the marketing <laughs> side. And so I always have these conversations cause he's always really frustrated about like why the heck this is going viral, why the heck this is great. And so we'll, you know, our therapy sessions are like, yeah. let's deconstruct it and like try to figure it out. But right. anyway, tangents. Right. Right. Yeah. Gary V. I actually came back to for a while. I, I kind of unfollowed him everywhere. And then, you know, what brought me back was the sports cards. When he started, yeah, I haven't seen. Yeah, that's interesting. That's when cool. he started like talking more about sports cards and like you know, you know, really investing there and like getting all the old stuff and you know, other than it made me depressed that the whole era I grew up in is now referred to as junk wax. Um, I don't even know what that is. The that's late '80s and '90s. Well, basically, uh, the tangent for all the listeners, but the late '80s and '90s, like the companies like Tops and. Don Russ yeah. and Skybox and all those brands, right? Like they just flooded the market with cards. So whereas in like the early 80s and 70, you know, even earlier, there was like, you know, one Michael Jordan card per year, right? Oh. And you had to buy that one set and you had to somehow get that one Michael Jordan card. Late 80s, early 90s, there was what? A half a dozen or more brands. And then each set yeah. would have the main the main Michael Jordan card, the insert, the, uh, the hologram yeah. version, uh, you know, they have, you know, 10 different versions of the card and All flooded the, the market. And so they're worth basically shit now. And they refer to it as the junk yeah. wax era. So this is when, yeah, this is when I started collecting cards too, because it was like, I can get this whole box for $5 <laughs> as a kid. You don't know that clearly they took everything valuable out of it. So, right. Yeah. It's interesting. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen his stuff in a while. Like the crypto NFT stuff that's going on right now that like, he's really good when it's a new wave of something like he's really good at latching onto it. So that's normally when I like come back to like learning from Gary Vee, it's very much like, Oh, he's on another wave. And you know, I hate it because it's exactly like he says, which is, you know, don't watch, don't watch, don't listen to what I'm saying, watch what I'm doing or yeah. whatever the phrase is. Because I think that's that's where you learn the most from someone like that. Right. Yeah, it's 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 condescending, but it's but it's but it's true. And he's always open minded, yeah. which is which, which is, is hard to say for most most people in this business. Yeah, um, I'm studying. I'm actually studying right now. Just to, like I'm studying uh, some of the new political shows right now. So there's this one, uh, Crystal and Sagar on the Hill. Um, that's one that's really interesting. It's like a new, it's like a modern day crossfire, but not like controversial. It's just like politics has obviously been crazy the last four years and it's probably not, you know, going anywhere. And so um, watching some of the new media there has been really enlightening. And, and the whole point is learn from these other mediums right. and get into your business which is you know hopefully obvious but just to state the obvious yeah i've done the same thing with uh with the crooked media guys the podcasts um yeah john That's favreau good. and uh john lovett and all those guys and um what they're building is sort of like a political version of the ringer and um yeah. and they, i think they even just hired somebody from the uh, ringer jason concepcion but um anyways yeah like i love seeing uh podcasts isn't new media anymore but it's cool to see more shows uh and those things blown up and like the ringer getting acquired by spotify and um yeah. it's just like such an interesting time for consumption so, and like where people are finding their content um it's just nuts super interesting yeah um anyways second question <laughs> uh <laughs> we're gonna go off on a tangent on each one there's gonna be an hour and a half um second question was distribution channels like how are people typically finding it is it organic is email like what, what would you say is the most effective distribution channel for your content right now uh, it, it's gotta be email and it's the reason it's email is cause I think we've done like a craptastic job at, uh, basically figuring out like some of the aspects of social, like 
there's so much we could be doing at social. We just need like a full-time human being dedicated to it. And we just haven't had that quite yet. Right. But email, I, I always keep coming back to the email. Well, and it's not necessarily the whole like, Hey, you know, like you got to own your audience piece. Cause I, I think that what we've learned in the past few years, very much from the data is you have to build on each platform as its own platform. Like connecting these platforms is very like weak. Like you used to be able to get traffic on Twitter and it would drive it to a website. That just doesn't happen anymore. You got to treat right. Twitter as its own thing. LinkedIn as its yeah. own thing, et cetera. And LinkedIn has been really good to me. Don't get me wrong. But, um, what we'll, what we'll tend to do is we'll very manually connect these platforms. So, um, we do a lot of LinkedIn stuff, but then we have a system of outsourced VAs who based on responses or LinkedIn messages will then connect it to our email database. Um, so that's been really good, but email is like the biggest thing. Like we've, we've spent the most work on email because we get a lot of forwards. They're hard to like almost impossible to measure. Um, and then we've, we've done some experimentation with ads, um, which has been good, but it, it, it's hard. Like it's really, really hard to kind of scale that in the right way because, you know, you can acquire, you know, certain customer or certain leads at X value, but it can get, you know, a little complicated if that makes sense. So yeah, long story short email, I, I just, I always come back to email and I think if you don't have a good email strategy, like don't worry about all the other stuff. Cause, cause emails, emails where it has to start. Right. Yeah. Email never, never goes away. It's just, fun. I mean, look at now newsletters are massive. Um, but it's such an old medium. <laughs> well, and the, the one thing I'll say is, and this is like a nice one, two punch and I hope everyone's going to do it and it's going to ruin it, but, uh, I'm okay with it cause we've gotten really good at it. And so we'll move on to the next thing. But, uh, I think combining plain text plus heavily marketing email with content is such an underutilized play, uh, to give you an example. So, uh, webinar follow-ups and we do a lot of webinars, webinar follow-ups, send them the generic clearly like, you know, here's, you know, the, the recording and all this other stuff. It's clearly going to every person who attended the webinar and then literally two and a half hours later or in parallel, make sure you're sending them the plain text fully automated, but still like appears that super plain text, send them the, like that personal type of, um, you know, touch to get them to subscribe to the show that's about the topic or if they're a good lead to get them on a phone call for a demo, right? Like those types of one, two punches, just thinking through, and this is what I mean by like going deep on email, like those little like psychological triggers, like our workflows in HubSpot are so complicated because We've just followed like the different like little like plays that we can be doing. Um, yeah, but that's that's a little one-two punch I think a lot of people could learn from. So many marketers are afraid to send too much email too, which is like I think the appetite it's is hard. pretty is pretty high though. Like as a subscriber myself, like I'm more upset at the emails that I get from brands I never subscribed to than the brands I do subscribe to sending me two emails in a day. That doesn't bother me at all, right? Yeah. Um, and, but I think there is a real hesitancy to, to send more email. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think you have to, you just have to think through the breakpoints. and we've had to do this because we have seven shows now. Right. So it's like, you can technically subscribe to every se- every show, but then you're going to get an email every day. Like, is that bad? I don't know. Like some people get annoyed by it. So we, like we've tried to, we've had to like figure out like right. the structure and I don't think we're there yet, but we figured out a lot of it in, in things like sending them the show, but on the bottom being like, do you want to basically, basically, I don't know the right language off the top of my head, but do you want to, um, do you only want to get one email from Profile a week? 
Right. And then we have a, a newsletter that like aggregates everything we publish in that week, right? Or like, do you want to one click unsubscribe from this show, but not all things profitable, right? Like giving some of those options and that helps with like unsubscribe rates and things like that. But right. um, yeah, I think it's, in content and in marketing and just life in general, like we like to treat things so all or nothing. And really like the question becomes like, well, how do I do this and not aggravate everybody? Like this is when, when we started the media strategy, it really started from how do I email you every day and not piss you off? Right. And that really came down to like, well, you need really high quality content that you want to consume. And not everyone's going to be emailed every day. And we don't email, I don't think we email anyone really every day because there's some, some triggers there. But the tooling exists to make this a lot easier. And if you just have great content or at least good content, it doesn't even have to be great. Like people are kind of fine with it. Right. And if you're just thoughtful about the, the actual cadence and, and, yeah, and totally. providing value each time. Right. Um, all right, cool. So let's get into the three plays. First one is video at the contact level. Tell us about what that yeah. means and how that's worked. So, uh, this started a couple of years ago, um, where, <laughs> it's just hard to get someone to respond to an email <laughs> like you know and this was this was very much for like our outbound sales team and and just like our inbound sales team as well it's just it's just hard because there's so there is so much email and while you don't necessarily mind it you still have to like get through the sea of everyone else and we started seeing some of the vidyard emails that were coming in and vidyard is a video hosting and they have this little sales tool where like a salesperson can record a video um but it, it kind of looked like this right like it looked like i look now i'm in a hotel i have like nice lighting and a good mic but i'm on my facetime camera and it's like i look like i'm kind of in a bunker which is not a terrible thing but it just doesn't <laughs> like it's not very professional right so we were like okay how do we do this in a way that is not expensive but also um, like is really high quality, right? Like how we can stand out. And what was really funny is like the first time we did it, it was clearly expensive because it took a lot of time, but um, we recorded a script at the lead level. So it was like, hey, Joe, uh, Patrick, you're from ProfitWell. Like, and, and then the next person was, hey, John, like all these different people at the contacts. Um, and we created a nice little video. The email was nice, nice, short and sweet, like getting them to look at the video. And then the CTA was like to get on a call, basically. Um, and the personalization was really good. So we got a lot of people on the phone. But also, if they weren't the right fit or if they were like just not a fit at all or didn't want to do anything, they were not like jerks in response right. like they looked at us of like you put in the work you clearly did this in in like you know a, a timely way therefore like the best second response in my opinion is i'm not the right person but let me forward you or i'm not the right person but you know thanks for thanks for the effort right um and that was you know that was basically the mindset of like we don't want to burn through leads and we don't want to like just mass email people and so now we have it down to um it's it's very cheap per video because we have a whole system. Um, we're able to record a lot of these um, over time, and uh, yeah, it works out really really well. Um, and I'm I, I can't get into all the secrets because we've had some <laughs> people try to do this and they haven't been able to figure it out. But this was just kind of an extension of our media team, like helping our you know sales team basically. Right, right, interesting. And so, and so you're basically sending. I mean, how much is it? How much time does it take? Because you're personalizing each video, right? These aren't just general. Yeah. Hey, I know your first name, um, and you know you're sending them a, a video. These are more yeah. personalized. Well, I'll give you a little secret. So they're 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 personalized, but they're not fully personalized. So what that means is is like 
Hey, you know, hey, John Patrick, you're from ProfitWell. Like, love what you're doing with, uh, you know, uh, Stream Deck. Um, you know, really love like the streaming space right now. Um, reaching out today because of XYZ. And then there might be a break point where after that graphic, everything is like one take. So right. I can record like the initial part in. 20 seconds and then I can keep moving on and record a bunch of those initial 20 seconds okay, but the back it. 40 seconds of the video is like same. all the same for everybody right. okay that yeah, makes sense like yeah totally and so um yeah and you can record a bunch of them at once um which is great and then if you have the right system on the back end you can basically uh you know do a lot of scaling with it love that that's that's a good one um second play was revisits Tell us about yeah. what that means in the context of ProfitWell and how, how are you leveraging revisits? Yeah. Um, long story short, uh, you got people going to your landing pages, right? And you got this big fancy database uh, you know, with all this contact information. And right now, a lot of people have these revisits where like your sales team member who owns that lead or whatever will get this notification. But if you have even basic website traffic, they're getting all these notifications. And there's just like, what do you do with that? Right. So setting up an outreach or whatever you're using is really basic. Like, Hey, someone visited this landing page, send them an email and basically be like, Hey, I noticed. And it's a little like a little creepy, but it's like, Hey, notice you're checking out retain or notice you're checking out this. Um, you know, like, do you want to just chat? Like, is it easier just to chat? Because what's really fascinating is people are researching the things they buy more and more than ever and not wanting to necessarily get on the phone with people. But if they're researching, there's a really, really good chance that um, they all of a sudden are more than willing to get on the phone because they're just like, I just want someone to help me and explain it. And I feel like 15 minute conversation will do that. Right. Right. Um, and it's just like taking that energy and, you know, sending an email. And as long as it's a respectful email and not wasting their time, um, you know, again, the least they're going to do is be like, no, I'm good. Or just, eh, just archive. Right. right. Um, and so that's, that's one of those things, like, I'm not the first person to come up with that or say that, but like so many people don't have that set up and it's super basic to set up or it should be at least. I feel like the, the higher intent the page is, the more, the more, the higher oh, the probability that somebody would want to actually talk to you. Right. Like if you're doing that when they revisit yeah. a blog post, you know, depending on what the blog post is, might not be the best play, but like you said, they're visiting your retain page. Well, or, so here's, yeah, so here's some thoughts on that. So your main product pages or feature pages and pricing page, like basically your main website, absolutely. No brainers, yeah. The thing that we found really interesting was bundling together um, like high intent pages, right? Especially from SEO. So bundling together like, oh, these are the high intent searches that go to these blog posts. And these blog posts, like when someone's searching very specific something about a credit card, for instance, for our like credit card recovery and churn recovery software, we know they're interested in something, right? So if that traffic to that, that page is like 50 people a month, those 50 people are probably like really good. Right. And so bundling some of those pages together and then having something go to them, it, again, what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to like say no, like right. great, they're going to archive it, market as spam, like less people do that than you actually think. It's only when you really annoy them that they, they typically do that or they're that guy. So, right. and there's less of those, those guys than, than you would think out there. So yeah, I think it's like, again, it's software. Like you don't pay per email. <laughs> like, you don't pay <laughs> per email you send, like set it up and, you know, kind of go through the process if that makes sense. I like the idea that it doesn't always have to have a, a lot of visitors, right? Especially the higher the intent. If you have, yeah. like you said, 50 people, hundred people visiting that a month, and through that outreach, you're getting 
a handful of those on calls like that, there's a lot of value to that, right? Um, totally. It, it's we you don't need thousands or tens of thousands of, of visitors to every page to be able to extract value from it. Um, totally. It's all about, and that's the thing. Like, there's in terms of like content, and this is where I think a lot of people. You got the top of the funnel, and I know it's a flywheel now. It's not a funnel, but let's just speak in the old terms. Like you got the top of the funnel, and you got your sales team, right? And your job is to like, I would love it if it was just like let's just create dope content, and then naturally we'll 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 yeah. become a sale. That's how we thought for so long. I don't think that's how we thought it. It's that that's just where we started. We were like, we're not going to connect all this stuff in between here because time and resources. Now we've spent so much time being like, all right, how do we connect these things? And if someone doesn't naturally make a connection, like I don't want to force it on them, right? right. I don't want to like be like a pressure salesperson. I just want to be like, okay, cool. Like the natural thing is you're looking at this page that's really high intent there. Let's just send you a, like in worst case, it's going to like take up a half hour of someone's salesperson's time. We're not like a thousand salesperson organization where we're just trying to like, you know, spreadsheet this out and oh, we need less of these calls. It's like, no, we like we'll talk to everybody, right? right like right. at least at this stage. Um in the worst case, it's a training half hour for a salesperson, if that makes sense. Right, right. I like that. Um third and last play. It's about a show, boxed out, which I don't even know if I know this one. Uh, you guys got so many shows, man, it's hard to keep up. So yeah. boxed out. Tell tell me about the show and, and why this is why this made the list. Yeah, uh, for for content people like, and you've seen this show. It's basically pricing page teardown, but for for retention. <laughs> so what we do, and and the what we do is like, the thing that we found is like there's only so many formats, right? Um, and and this is another little thing that I tell people who come on our media team, our content team. It's like, hey, um, you don't know SaaS or you don't know retention or pricing or these types of things. That's totally fine, but you know content. Right. Look at all these formats, like you watch ESPN, you watch E, you watch the news, like look for formats and then come to me or whomever on our, our teams and like we'll figure out how to take that format and combine it to a, a piece of you know content or, or an idea that's good for our business. And so the, the classic kind of like teardown, not in like a negative way, but like in a um, kind of case study way is a really good format. Hey, we're gonna go deep on you know this company and we're going to figure out like what they're doing well and not so well when it comes to retention. So with Boxed Out, uh, this is what we did to kind of break into the the subscription e-commerce space. So we were traditionally targeting B2B SaaS. Um, you know, that was kind of our first vertical. And as we expanded verticals into subscription e-commerce, it basically came down to like how can we, you know, kind of bust out there in a way that like we're not just like writing blog posts and stuff. Not that there's anything against that, but we're actually like hey, we're here, we understand the space, you can trust us, these types of things, because that's the other thing with content. So each show, we take um, we take a particular brand, like um, Billy, the, um, the women's razor brand, yeah. let's say, and we basically will, um, the format is, is, you know, teaser, intro, little bit of background on the company, so that, that section's like a really nice YouTube video, like that like four minutes that we can put out there because it just summarizes in a really beautiful way the company. And then we look through like the three parts of their retention, uh, active cancellations, so people like actively canceling, um, expansion revenue, like how good are they at getting people to, to, to spend more money with them, and then delinquencies, like credit card failures. Um, and in a 15-minute show, like someone can not only get a case study, but they can be entertained as how good or bad this company is at something, and then all these little things become clips that can be shared and um, kind of spread out. And so um, 
the, the takeaway is, is like one way to break into another vertical is with a show, right? right. Um, and you know, using that show, either a high frequency interview show, I think is a good way to do it, uh, because you get to meet a lot of the players, um, or like something like a, you know, higher quality piece of content, which is, you know, what we ended up doing. Like I, th- I think the format unlocks a lot of things when you have a strict, uh, a, a really strict format, uh, that has clear breakpoints in it that you could break out, make separate pieces of content, like you said. Um, like the analogy I've been using lately and when we kind of uh, at Databox like redid that show and made it more segmented rather than like an aimless 45-minute conversation with like, you know, J.D. Sherman at HubSpot, just like, which was a great interview, but there was, there was, no, there was no format to it. Um, yeah. But the way I think of it is like sort of like a late-night show. They have their monologue. They have their little intro at the desk. They have guest one, guest two, and then the musical guest, and then the show's over, right? And then, like, someone like yeah. Jimmy Fallon, all those separate segments are being broken up into clips, and they're on social the next day, right? And yeah. it's so much easier to 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 do that, to break the show when, when every show has a repeatable format. And I like that that's how you're approaching it, and you're telling people on the team, like, go go find a show that works, and, yeah. and let's deconstruct it and see how we can apply it to, you know, to pricing or or you know, subscription, what, you know, whatever it is. I, I, I like that approach. I think it's smart. Well, and the thing that we think about is we did a cross section of basically, um, the problems we're trying to solve and the verticals we're trying to go after. So on one side, it shows consumer subscriptions, B2B SaaS subscription, e-commerce. Those are the three verticals. And then across the top, it's, we have retention and pricing, right? Basically, at the intersection of every single one of those axes, we want to show. So that's you know six shows right there, essentially, and we don't have all of those yet. And then there's the general bucket, which um, you know we want a general show for each of those verticals, because I, I think what a lot of people miss out on, and people are always like, well, doesn't that cost so much? It, it actually costs a lot less than you think. Um, we're again, we're a bootstrap company. We take right. content seriously, but it's not like you know we're BuzzFeed, the, where they start their own show for the first time and they hire 30 people for it, right? <laughs> Um, you know, we, we started with one person and now our media team is four total. And you've hired um, like, and you hired like journalists, correct? Yeah, we've hired, we have hired journalists. Um, we've hired people, we've pulled them out of ad agencies. We pulled people out of creative. Like, again, there's these people who are in dying industries right? <laughs> and, they're, and they're dying. It's sad that they're dying, but they're in dying industries. And, and basically like, you know, you can, you can scoop them up and be like, Hey, we're going to pay you more than you're making because you know, we're, we're not, you know, destitute. And then also on top of that, like we can, um, you know, we can, you know, give you like full freedom, you know, yes, it's, it's a business. So it's, it's, it's not as, um, you know, maybe you're not gonna, uh, it's not as nonprofit feeling if you right, will, but, right. um, it probably never was, you know, just given where the state of journalism is. But the, the point I was trying to make is, um, People get hung up on when they go after shows, even podcasts, they get hung up on, oh, like if it's not Mr. Beast or Logan Paul or, um, you know, some of these crazy creators with tens of millions of, of subscribers, like it's not successful. And I'm telling you, like we're brand new to DTC, meaning our database had next to no emails in DTC. We launched this show and yeah, the first couple episodes, we're getting 300 people an episode. That's not a lot of people, Right. right? But it's 300 people who care so much about retention and care <laughs> so that they're willing to watch a show for 15 to 20 minutes on a brand's retention, right? And then all of a sudden you get people to share it, but you also get the credibility. From that first episode where we had like 300 people watch it, we got three deals, three like good deals, right? right? Like three not like little guys or gals, but like three actual like 
big adult deals for us. And so it, it's just one of those things where I think a lot of people, when they, they look at kind of um, non-written media content, um, they get caught up in, in like, oh, this needs to be thousands of people or millions of people watching or it's not successful. And it's like, if I had a webinar where I had 300 people, let alone, you know, a thousand people, let alone 10,000 people for something like pricing page teardown watching or listening every week, like, holy cow, like that's so powerful. Um, you right. Know, the more specific your, are. the more specific your angle is. I remember a couple of years ago, Mike, Mike Volpe, I had him, uh, I think I was, I don't even think it was a podcast. I think I was just chatting with him, um, just for like advice. And we were talking about a podcast, a data box, probably even before we launched a podcast there. And his, his advice was like, you know, launch a podcast just for like agency founders. He's like, yeah. even, even if you only get like, you know, how many of those are there? How many agency founders are there? Yeah. And even if you're, if, if you're getting 500 to a thousand listens eventually, like you, you probably have like a, a good percentage of that market, right? Like you don't yeah, need 100%. a show to get 30,000 downloads an episode, right? Like yeah. zero in focus on a specific thing. Like, like you did right. D to C and, and, and retention. Right. And that, that's, I wouldn't say 300 people is small, but like that, that audience, while it might be smaller comparatively to maybe other shows out there, that's a highly targeted, like specific, very relevant oh. audience. Right. Well, and, and this is where I think like to kind of bring the whole loop is I think you, the format can help you a lot. This is why like, I, I'm always like start something. Right. But if you're going to put a little time, a little effort into it and you're like, all right, I'm going to take this seriously. If you're not the most charismatic, if you're charismatic, like super charismatic um, and, and be honest with yourself, just do an interview show. That's the easiest path. Um, I think if you're not charismatic or you're not niche enough or your guests aren't going to be charismatic or, or niche enough, then what I would do is like get a format, right? It doesn't have to be complicated, right? It doesn't have to be complicated at all. It can be like the five question podcast. It can be like some people on LinkedIn and this is getting a little spammy at this point. They're doing like 10 minute or less podcast just cause LinkedIn can only yeah. support a 10 minute video and it's, it's getting spammy. But like the, the basic idea is like get to a place where, um, you start something where someone listens to it and they got some value and the quality is high enough that they're like, Oh, this isn't like a joke. And, and the quality bar doesn't have to be that high. It doesn't have to be like full graphics on stuff we did with boxed out. It can just be like a decent sounding mic, and, um, <laughs> you know, well thought out questions. Like it just can be the barrier same. has never been lower, right? Like yep. the, uh, to, 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 to enter in and create a show, right. It doesn't have to be, yeah, yeah, totally. doesn't have to be the great, yeah. The production value that you would see on, uh, on, uh, Netflix or, or some of these bigger media companies. Um, anyway, I, I saw you recently, I saw a video where you were eating hot wings. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't know why I was so uh, amused by that. Um, yeah. But so that was, yeah, yeah, that's actually an interesting, that might be another play. Um, again, learn from everyone around. It wasn't hot wings cause we weren't ripping off hot wings or uh, hot ones, but, uh, that, that show on YouTube, but it was, um, we're doing these drops and, and this is in the spirit of learning from other verticals and industries. So drops are, have become like a thing, right? Yeah. You know, like think about like Supreme or Nike, they do these drops where, you know, similar to our baseball card conversation, they put together, um, you know, a hundred units of something and then you have to show up or go online at the right time to, to get it. Right. Um, and the, the power of a drop and we kind of deconstructed some people doing drops was, it was in it's, it's just fun. Like it's fun. Right. Yeah. And 
part of marketing is yes, educating people, but we kind of want to start adding a little bit more general kind of content, like to attract from a branding perspective, like what in the world is this company doing? What does this company do? Like that's an okay, like part of, you know, the top of the top of the funnel, I like to call it. Right. And so, um, we started experimenting with some drops. We've done two so far and we're going to do our third, hopefully in the next 30 days or so. Um, I just lost my light. Just, uh, the battery just died. You can still hear me. Um, but the basic idea is, is, um, we, we did, we did a drop. And so the one that you're referencing is we created a custom hot sauce. Um, so we created our whole thing is like acquire customers, monetize, retain. That's the the three stages of subscription growth. So we had a version of hot sauce for acquire a version for monetize, a version for retain. Um, and really slick video. You can see it on my Twitter and some of our socials. And then as a part of that, uh, the team, like the thing with drops is it needs to be a dope product. That's cool. And has like an angle, right? So it wasn't just like, Hey, here's some random hop sauce. It was like branded. The label looks dope. We have a cool video with it. Um, there's only like a hundred boxes you can get. And then the other part of it is always has to have like some sort of social piece baked into it. And, um, for us, the social piece that the team came up with, which I obliged, was basically um, for based on the number of shares, I would have to eat increasingly spicier peppers <laughs> and then record basically me eating those and putting them on the thread. Um, and what was really interesting what was really interesting about it was um, we ran into um, how do I put this like we just ran into a situation where people were like, what in God's name is happening? Um, or like, Oh, this is great. Right. <laughs> Which, you know, is, is kind of what you want. Like, right. you know, yeah. kind of like, you know, we got a lot of spread and, um, you know, it was, I, for the record, I hate spice. Like <laughs> garlic is sometimes feels too spicy to me, or I think it's spicy and Jenny will be like, it's just garlic. And I'll be like, Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, that was, <laughs> that's the, the basic rundown of what wasn't there was. a sports card one too, but it was just SAS executives. Yeah, exactly. So it was that was subscription cool. executives and we shipped those cards actually um, as well. And so, yeah, it was just like, and this was right when the Pokemon stuff started yeah. kind of getting aggressive. Um, so long story short, um, we, yeah, we had Pokemon was kind of crazy and um, we were like, oh, we should create cards. And, and frankly, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've talked about ego traps before. It was just ego traps. Yeah. It was literally just ego traps. It was like, the, the tweet storm was, Oh, we, we published these. And then each person had like kind of like a little shtick to them. Like we came up with like funny names or funny attributes for them. And just every hour or so we would post three new ones. Right. And then people would look at it, tweet it, retweet it, these types of things. Um, and it was just ego traps. And we had like tons of inbound from like, you know, like Harvey, the COO and president right. of Shopify and like stuff like that. Cause it's, it's, it's a little like people like to see them and what we're doing is to complete the loop is, um, we're sending those out to each of those people. Um, and we're trying to get them all in the podcast as well, which gives us good guests. So it right. all like fits into the, the greater, greater game. You're, you're making me tell all the secrets. I, I, <laughs> I, just, I just want to pack of those cards, man. I, I missed the drop. Are they gone? Oh, you did? Yeah. I, I, I may be able to get you one. Right. Uh, I may be able to get you I'll one because I think I have a couple of boxes for uh, or a couple, couple of packs for for my uh, for for doing some more social. But yeah, we probably can figure that Maybe. out. <laughs> All right, uh, PC, this was awesome, man. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. And and sharing all this and and riffing on 
television obscurity and everything else, Gary V that we talked about. So uh, I had a great time, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, let me know if I can be helpful and, and hopefully the group found this helpful. And if not, just uh, I'm just Patrick at Proffle.com. Hit me up. More than happy to answer any questions. Mm-hmm.